Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hello, my name is Marty Baker, and I'd like to welcome you to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you've tuned in today. Now, if you're a Creeker, or if you've ever visited our church, you know that laughter does good like a medicine. And I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the woman who locked her keys in the car? I mean, she tried to open her door with a coat hanger, but she couldn't get it to work. Finally, she just prayed, God, please send somebody to help me. Now, five minutes later, a rusty old car pulled up. A tattooed, bearded man wearing a biker skull rag walked toward her. She thought, God, really? Him? But you know, she was desperate. So when the man asked her if he could help, she said, well, can you break into a car? He said, not a problem. He took the coat hanger and opened the car door in just a few seconds. She looked at him and said, man, you're a nice man. And she gave him a big old hug. He said to her, I'm not a nice man. I just got out of prison today. I served two years for auto theft, and I've only been out a couple of hours. She hugged him and shouted, thank you, God, for sending me a professional. <laughs> now, the great thing about online services is that if, if you didn't get that joke, you could go back and you could watch it again. But we're glad you're here. Today, we're half at the halfway point of our 21 days of prayer. Throughout the history of the world, God has changed things through prayer much more often than he has changed things through politics. While we look to our leaders for guidance during this time, we know that if we really want things to change, it takes prayer. During this season, we're asking God to stop the spread of the coronavirus, heal our land, and specifically, we're praying that God will touch our government, the military, the media, our businesses, our schools, our churches, and families. We're going to stand in the gap, and we're going to pray for America and our world. We need a spiritual awakening. I love the words of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and verse 14 and 15. It says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. When I read these verses, I realize that the most important word is the first word, if. You see, we have a choice. It says, if we humble ourselves. We have a choice to invite God to lead and to guide us, or we can do it on our own. America is the greatest country in the world today because our forefathers put God first. They recognized that they needed power. They needed a power greater than themselves. They risked their very lives to establish this country, this country as one nation under God. I'm so thankful for that. Our nation was born through prayer, and our nation can only be healed through prayer. Today, people watching this broadcast, you, me, we all need prayer. 
Some of you are at the end of your rope. Some of you are covered in fear. You're worried about tomorrow. Maybe some of you are struggling. You're struggling because of the mistakes that you've made and you're just trying to figure out a way out of it. You've made bad choices along the way and you need help. You need prayer. There's a whole nother group of people that you are suffering for different reasons. Maybe you're in a relationship crisis and as a result, you feel broken. Maybe you're innocent in the situation, but yet even though you're innocent, it feels like your own fault. I believe that God is here to give you strength. Strength to stand up against the attacks that you feel against yourself. Or maybe some of you are in a desperate situation and you're here uh, to say, God, this is my last resort. I've got to have help. And if you don't help me, I don't know what I'm going to do. I believe you've come to the right place. This week I've been praying. I've been praying for people just like you. People who are in a difficult place. People who are trying to make difficult decisions. Trying to handle things that, problems that have come your way that really are not your fault. But yet you have been given the responsibility to handle them. There's a lot of pressure going on. Pressure in your life, in your family's life. Pressure in our country. We need help. We need the presence of the Lord and we need his power in our lives. He is here to help us. Are you open? Are you open to receive what God has for you? So the next few minutes as we go through this message, I just want you um, to open up your heart. This issue is so much bigger. This crisis is so much bigger than you and I ever thought we could uh, handle. But God is here to help us. And God knows exactly what you need when you need it. And we're going to ask him. We're going to ask God to meet us right where we are and to give us the strength, the wisdom, the insight, and the healing that we need. When I think about stories in the Bible, especially prayer stories, I am reminded of the story of Daniel in the Old Testament. Many of you have heard of Daniel because of the term lion's den. He made the term lion's den famous. So this story is one of the best known and best loved stories in all the Bible. Little children love it. Sunday school teachers love to tell it. And it has encouraged thousands of people over the years. The story is filled with unexpected twists and turns and the good guy wins big. And the bad guys, well, the bad guys are torn to pieces. Now, Daniel was a very successful leader in his generation. In fact, he went from being a prisoner of war to prime minister. His rise to power was remarkable, and it can be traced to his daily prayer routine and his desire to be in the center of God's will. His story is told in the Old, book, Old Testament book of Daniel, chapter 6. At this point in Daniel's life, he's a very old man. He came to Babylon as a teenager, and Babylon... Um, was the capital there. It's a, it was in modern, it's modern day Iraq now, about 59 miles southwest of Baghdad. And he was a prisoner of war and he was relocated there. Now he spent his adult life serving in the courts of various pagan rulers. Now, fast forward, he's over 80 years old. He's now serving uh, King Darius who rules over a new kingdom, the Medo-Persian Empire. 
Now, when King Darius came to power, he selected 120 governors to rule the territory. He then picked three men to be over the 120 governors, and Daniel was one of those three. Now, Daniel was a man of integrity, and he stood out from the crowd. In fact, the king noticed that and had plans to put Daniel in charge of everyone. When the governors heard this, they became very jealous, and they said, you know, we've got to put a stop to this. We've got to stop this now. So we pick up the story in chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. These guys were looking for dirt. They wanted to find some reason to make charges against this guy named Daniel. We go on verse 4. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt or negligent. Finally, verse 5, these men said, we will never find any basis of charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So they came up with a plan to entrap Daniel. They knew that he was a man of faith and then they knew he was a man of prayer. And these guys went to the king and asked him to pass a 30-day law forbidding anyone to pray unless they're going to pray to King Darius himself. Now, if someone were caught praying, then they would be thrown into the lion's den. King Darius signed that law and put his seal on it, which meant that it could not be repealed, not even by himself, the king. He had no idea that Daniel was the intended target. Meanwhile, the satraps are laughing together. They knew Daniel would break the law. That is, they knew Daniel would keep on praying just as he had always done because he was faithful to God. Meanwhile, somebody tipped Daniel off about this new law. And they said, whatever you do, Daniel, don't go home. Don't go home and pray today. You've been set up. This new law has been put in writing and signed, and it will be enforced, so please go pray somewhere else. I'm sure that Daniel considered his options. I'm sure he thought, well, maybe I could go on a prayer walk. You know the kind. You walk around your neighborhood and you pray. Or maybe he said, maybe I could pray silently while lying on the sofa. Or he could grandstand and call the local media to his house, and he could go up on his roof and pray the loudest protest prayer possible and make all the king's uh, folks and the colleagues look like idiots. Daniel had options, but he didn't choose any of those options. He simply did what he always did. He went home. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. He prayed, giving thanks to his God. Look at that phrase, just as he had done before. You see, Daniel developed a habit, a spiritual discipline, that three times a day, he stopped whatever he was doing, he knelt down before God, he aligned his heart to God and worshiped his God and prayed God's will would be done in his life. 
Daniel was successful because he made a decision to put God first in his life. He made a decision to align his life up with God's will. He made a decision to pray three times a day. And it was during these times that God transformed Daniel into a man that would change the course of history. Daniel made a decision early in his life to carve out time to talk to God. Here's the point. When we pray, things change. Prayer gives me a healthy awareness of who God is. It helps me recognize that there's somebody bigger and better and smarter and wiser and much more creative than I am. When I'm in a place of prayer, when I'm in God's presence, I am reminded that God is in control. When I see the panic in our nation, I need to be reminded that God is in control. When I see the fear all over social media, I need to be reminded that God is in control. When the news media will not stop talking about conspiracy theories and political arguments, I need to be reminded that God is in control. During this pandemic, I need to be reminded every moment of every day that God is in control. I need to be reminded that God is in control and I am not. When I pray, it reminds me that there's a better way to live and that there are better things to live for. When we pray, things change. I believe that God hears and God answers prayer. I believe that when you pray, things will get better eventually. Daniel prayed and things got worse. Yeah, there'll be times when you step out in faith and things will get worse before they get better. And this is where trust comes in. Daniel prayed. Yes, and he prayed. And when he prayed, his prayer broke the law. And he was carried before the king. The king realized that his administrators at this point had tricked him into signing that new law. And the king looked for a loophole. The king had to know his own law was not a just law. But now he's trying to deal with it. And he knew that no matter how stupid the law was, he had to follow through. And the punishment was clear that Daniel had to be thrown in to the lion's den. At this point, Daniel did the only thing he could do. He put his trust in God. He gave God his whole life. You know, sometimes God uses prayer to change our circumstances. And sometimes God uses prayer to change our perspective about our circumstances. There's times when you there seems to be no solutions to your problems. Your back's against the wall. You're at a very difficult place. And you come and you feel like there's no hope. I can't get out of this mess. It's challenging. You feel like that you're all alone. I would imagine that's where Daniel felt. And that's what he felt. And that's where he, he was. That at this moment in his life, God was his only option. We look at verse 16 of chapter 6. 
So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the lion's den. And the king said to him, May your God, whom you worship continually, rescue you. What an amazing statement. In essence, the king was saying, Daniel, we all know that you've been a committed follower of your God for your whole life. You stood up for your faith and for your God against all the resistance and the ridicule and all the problems. We respect you, Daniel. And we are hoping your God will rescue you. Now, at this point, Daniel is lowered into the den of a dozen starving lions. And he prayed one more prayer. He prayed that God would shut the mouths of the starving lions. That's his specific prayer. Just close the mouths of the lions. And the scripture said that God sent an angel. An angel whose job description for the night is to keep the mouths of the lions closed. That king did not sleep well that night. He got up early. He ran to the lion's den to see if anything was left of Daniel. And to his surprise, yes, to his surprise, Daniel was still alive. Look at verse 23. When Daniel was lifted out of the pit, there was no wound on, found on him. There wasn't a scratch, not a rash, nothing, because Daniel had trusted in God and God answered his prayer. Do you have enough faith for one more prayer? Do you have enough strength for one more prayer? You say, oh, Marty, you don't know how bad it is. No, I don't. But I see Daniel being lowered into the lion's den. I'm seeing him cry out to God, cry out for help, thinking, if I can just hang on through the night, God will bring help. You see, Daniel prayed that one more prayer, and God sent an angel to help. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, Daniel was pulled out of that lion's den. Now, after that the sun came up that morning, the king was so angry with the guys that devised this whole plan that once he saw that Daniel was okay, he went to get those guys that crafted this lie against him and, and crafted this new law, and he took those guys and their families and threw them into the lion's den. And God used uh, that to bring a revival to the whole nation. We pick it up in verse 26. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever and his kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. I believe that that same God that rescued Daniel from the lion's den has the power to rescue you. What do you need God to do in your life? I want you to write it down. Maybe you write it on a card. Maybe you put that card in your Bible. Maybe you put that card where you can see it. And says, today I am praying one more prayer. 
One more prayer, just like Daniel. One more prayer. God, this is what I need. You know, last week we talked about simple prayers. Simple prayers like two-word prayers, like God, help me, or God, heal me, or God, save me. God, deliver me. Imagine how your life would be different if you would make the decision to pray first. If you would make that decision before running here and there that you would just talk to God about it. What would your life look like? It could be as simple as when you get up in the morning. Good morning, Lord. I dedicate this day to you. Just one sentence. What would it look like if you prayed first? About when you go to bed tonight, that you would, as you lay down, just pray. God, be with me and protect me. Or when you open your bills that come in the mail, that you would pray first, God, that you would meet this need. Before you take that appointment, before you make that call, that you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would bless this call or bless this meeting. Do you have faith for one more prayer? Just one more? We're in 21 days of prayer here at Stevens Creek Church. And I believe that as we call on the name of the Lord, that he is going to hear and answer our prayers. So what do you need God to do in your life? What is that thing that weighs you down? That thing that really burdens you? Is it fear? Are you concerned about your health? Are you concerned about your finances? Are you concerned about the relationships that you're struggling with and your, the relationships you have. What is that one thing, that, that, that one prayer that, that has so uh, captivated your attention? I would say call on the name of the Lord. I would say commit time this week to God. Every day this week, we're going to be joining together as a church family and we're going to be praying. It's 7 a.m. every morning this week. We're going to continue 21 days of prayer. We're going to be praying for you. We're going to be praying for our church. We're going to be praying for our community. We're going to be praying for our nation. And we're going to be pushing back evil and declaring the kingdom of God. I realize that we're living in very difficult days. And I don't want to make light of it. It's scary. But we're going to be people of courage. And we're going to take a stand in the midst of difficult situations and challenging times. But when we take that stand, we are not going to take it alone. Because as we stand in faith, God is going to be with us. My friend, you are not alone. I realize that you feel like that, that nobody understands the pressure that you feel. Nobody understands what you're going through, but God does. And I just want to encourage you. Hear me. Give it over to the Lord. Surrender it to Him. Submit your life to Him. You know, when I think about the word submission, submission simply means an invitation for someone else to lead. 
I want you to submit to the Lord this week. In essence, saying, God, I am submitting to you. I am surrendering to you. I'm asking you to take the leadership of my life. Take leadership in my life. Make him the leader, the Lord, the God. You can do that. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, there's no better day than today. Today is your day. It's not by accident that you tuned in to this service. I believe that the Lord ordered your footsteps or maybe your fingertips to scroll over to this service. And God has you here for this very moment because he's challenging you to submit it, to surrender it. Surrender it to the Lord. Now, what is that it for you? What is that thing? What is that thing that you've been holding on to? Today is the day to release it. Today is the day to let it go and to trust God to work it out. Well, as we close today, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that God will come and bring comfort and bring strength. And I'm going to pray that he will start to lighten the load and that hope would be restored to you and to your family. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those watching today. I pray for our Stevens Creek Church family. I pray in the middle of this crisis that you would start to restore hope. That you would help us see your hand at work. God, this has been a surprise to a lot of us, but it was not a surprise to you. And so, Father, I ask that you would open the doors that we're to walk through, that you would close the doors that we are to stay away from. God, I ask that you would teach us what it means to trust you. Come, Holy Spirit, move upon our church and move upon our people. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, let me hear you say it, amen. Yes, amen. We say amen. And when we say that, that means just so be it. Let that happen. And so now all of us have heard this word and we're saying, God, let it happen in us and in our church. Don't forget tomorrow we're continuing with 21 days of prayer. We're over halfway through and we're working our way toward Easter. Be blessed today. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.